next we go here for sure. Well, new month already. Why not? That last one went pretty fast. Trillion stars, depressing or inspiring. Steve Bartlett, CEO, but now podcaster, as they all are. Gotta up my podcast game, I'm thinking. Rearranging the apartment as well. Can I make any more room to fit more stuff in? Workouts in, outside and inside. And the newsletter is out. Folks, Monday, October 2nd, 2023. I'm Stephen Sersky. Hope you are well. Canadian expat situated here in Beijing, China. Been here for almost a decade. Learning Mandarin Chinese. Uh, I, I work. I mean, <laughs> I actually do have a job. I'm technically gainfully employed. The, the funny thing about being an expat is that it usually never really feels like you have a job, though. <laughs> it just doesn't. I, I don't know how to explain exactly the feeling uh, to someone who's never been this uh, been this way. A lot of people will, like, you'll, you'll hear me complain about my job, which I know I was doing last week. Uh, and uh, uh, people will complain about the job that they have anyway. But back in, like, if I were to go back to back in Canada... The complaints that people would make about work and life would be very different than the complaints that you'd make living as an expat overseas. Now, it's not easy being an expat. Uh, a lot of people, I mean, there are some people who would like to sort of promote the idea that, yep, yeah, oh yeah, your life so super easy, you know, and things like this. And in some ways it is easier, but in some ways, uh, especially here in China, um, I don't think, like I've heard this from a few people, where China is a difficult language to get settled into, but once you're settled in, it's, you know, pretty easy, to, so to speak. I guess part of the, the difficulties, first, you're going to run into a language barrier, but, and, and when you get through the language barrier, whether it's like through a significant other or a colleague who can help you go do the things such as set up your telephone number, go to the PSB, the public security of the people, the public security bureau, uh, go to the bank to set your account up and stuff like that. So you're very dependent upon other people for about six months. And it's, I don't know if this is ex exclusive to China. Like in South Korea, when I was there, another uh, country that the English was sort of high key, it was all right. Uh, but uh, I think probably better than what it was in China four or five years ago, at least to tell you the truth, uh, and at least certainly 10 years ago uh, when I got here and 15 years ago when a lot of other people got here sort of thing. So it, you're, you're heavily dependent on someone else to do a lot of your uh, interpretation, your translation, a lot of doing stuff for you. Like if your electricity goes out in your apartment, like what happened? Is it the block? Are you getting bombarded? Is it a sting operation? Oh no, you just didn't put any money on your electricity card. That's fine. You have to pay that amount, put the money on the card, and then you got to go ask the bow on the security guard who doesn't speak English to go flick the switch in your apartment. Yes, these are all sort of things that you learn over time that really it's tough to prepare 100% for. So, uh, and I guess maybe there are certain things that would happen in like the, the, like in Canada as well, like electricity would go out, but then you could speak to someone and they'd probably know your language. Right, you'd be speaking a very similar uh, tongue anyway. So, yeah, it can be easy. It can also be very difficult. Trillion stars, depressing or inspiring. So, there's actually this uh, image that was uh, I saw on Instagram. These pop up every now and then. Um, they, they sort of zoom in to the Andromeda Galaxy, which is one of the sort of more notable, closer 
uh, galaxies to to us, <laughs> the Milky Way. Like, relatively speaking, it's close. But there's a trillion stars in there. And there's, so the, couple this with the idea that uh, if you zoomed out far enough from Earth, Earth would become a blue dot. And then you zoom out even farther than that, and you can't even see it sort of thing. Like how, how insignificant we all are, which is a very depressing way to think. Because, you know, our problems, we live inside of our heads, basically. And they're very real. We experience them day to day. We, this, is, this, is what we, this is what we feel inside, regardless of what we see. Uh, but it's what's going through our mind. And that very much clouds, shades, colors the things that we see outside of us and here outside of our own being. So when you look at something like this, so there's, there's a couple of things going on here. Number one, yeah, sure, we're small, but whatever. We're, we're doing pretty big things. These, these buildings are pretty big. Money is big. Relationships are big, okay, especially to us. But on a galactic scale, on a cosmic scale, you look at how many other stars there are, galaxies full of stars that have little planets with life possibly circling around them. And you think that we're the only ones? Why? I've made this comment before. It's hard enough to... where Earth disappears and the sun can still shine, like from far away sort of thing. How would we ever see a spaceship that is smaller than Earth. Like, basically, if any uh, alien technology, alien uh, spacefaring civilization were to be zipping around the stars, first of all, if they're using, if they're not using rocket fuel to zip around, I mean, okay, that's one. Number two, if those ships aren't bigger than the Earth, or than some planets, then how are we ever going to see them? They could be like literally flying over us right now, and we wouldn't know because, first of all, our abilities to scan the stars, kind of limited. All those telescopes are pointing in very specific areas. Uh, the other thing is, it, it's what would we know what to look for, right? And they, they're probably zipping around, like they're moving faster than the light years of light coming into us and by that I mean you have the the light years coming in the, the light from the old stars coming in but these like imagine a fly flying in front of a a, a light that light keeps on beaming but do you see the the fly fly across like only if you're training your eye on that light in in that area in particular very difficult to see so is it inspiring or is it depressing to think of all the stars, how far away they are, the people they are? Imagine if we knew if there was other people out there, people, aliens, whatever, and we could never meet them. Uh, that's basically what it comes down to. Is like it, Even a hundred years, if we perfect some sort of space travel, how many of us right now are going to be alive to see it? It, although it'd be kind of cool to be like the next Star Trek, Star Wars or something like that, you know, live that. But uh, to think, ah, uh, it very depressing in some ways, to tell you the truth. Inspiring in some ways, and that uh, quite possibly we're not alone. 
but depressing in the fact that a lot of us are sort of confined to what we see here. Like, in, imagine moving to China. You think that's a big jump? Going to a Andromeda Galaxy? I mean, that's kind of that's kind of a big jump, isn't it? Steve Bartlett, podcaster. He's a CEO. Uh, a social media company. I'm not sure if he's still a CEO. I think he does have a few companies, but uh, he's sort of refocused, as so many people have these days, uh, into podcasting. Now, he interviews a lot of um, other CEOs and business owners and stuff like that. He's had some good guests. Um, Alex Hermosi was all on his um, his podcast. Uh, the guy from Shopify who sort of made Shopify what it is today. Uh, then there's also, uh, what was it, uh, Cor- uh, Cody Sanchez. Yeah, she was actually, she's actually pretty interesting to listen to because uh, she sort of has a no sort of no nonsense uh, view of um, like how business is. She, she sort of made her empire based on like boring enterprises. So when I was talking about, would you sell your company for $100,000? She's the type of woman, she's the type of, person to walk into your shop and go, Hey, you selling for a thousand dollars. She would start to chat you up and stuff like that. And uh, get to see it, uh, get to sort of uh, get her, get some information about whether or not you'd be the one to sell your business for whatever reason. So uh, kind of interesting. Uh, and this podcast, he, brought, he also has a couple books, uh, diary of a CEO of oh, the podcast is called diary of a CEO podcast. Uh, so a diary, like you write in the diary of a CEO podcast. Uh, he has a book as well. He might have two books. I can't remember. But uh, he's also, him and this Alex Ramosi in interview was sort of like where they talked about Earth being so small sort of thing. Like, And when you sort of look at all, you if you look at the big, the seemingly big insurmountable problems that you have in your life and you zoom out far enough and realize one day you're going to be dead and the world doesn't, is so small in comparison to everything else that why not just go ahead and try your business as a business idea, right? Like, go ahead, try something. If you fail, so what? No one cares. The problem with that, reputational damage. I'm sure they would speak to that. They, they Maybe they haven't experienced it now, but maybe they could. That could be a career killer. And that's pretty big, uh, especially if you are not able to refocus the way that, you know, uh, some people can where... Are you a U.S. politician where you basically have to refocus your um, reputation all the time sort of thing? Like, uh, I don't know, it's uh, tough to say, tough to say. Our, our minds create very big problems for us. And despite the fact that we like to say that our technology is so great, the fact that we can't leave Earth very easily to zip around the stars, we're, we're kind of sitting ducks here, right? So, interesting podcast. Have a listen. Uh, he... This actually kind of got me going because apparently he did this uh, interview with the Shopify Shopify president. I'm not sure if he did it in New York or where he did it, but they recreated the set that he had in London. And this is something that I was kind of like, nah, I don't know about that. Because I think if you're in London, it should be the London set. If you're in New York, it should be the New York set. Now, I understand what he's going for, some sort of consistency over time. Right. He doesn't want the set changes to be distracting to what, you know, the, the, the message of the podcast is, uh, which is typically business advice, business advice. This has sort of got me thinking of some of the things that I'm doing for my podcast. And over the weekend, I was looking at, you know, some different things like whether or not I should sort of up my game on the podcast uh, sort of thing, like get some microphones, maybe 
backdrop or two. Now, there's a couple things I do have to keep in mind. Number one, um, this isn't a business write-off for me, right? Unlike uh, Steve Bartlett and even Joe Rogan at this point, uh, anybody, any business guy who has a podcast is writing it off as a as a marketing expense. I mean, maybe not directly, but in some way, it is a marketing expense. It is a uh, you know a pro a, a pro bono sort of offer to the customer. It's lead generation. It's it's a lot of things where you might think that they're giving their stuff away for free. They're basically deducting this from their taxes. They're from their taxable income, I should say. So just keep that in mind when you're listening to these wonderful exposés of how life is. Uh, and that make so, you know, you, you kind of might wonder, well, Steve, like, why don't you have, you know, a better podcast set up and everything like that? And I go, well, because if I sunk 10,000 RMB, 20,000 RMB into my podcasting setup, what difference does it make to who is going to be on my podcast right now? to the number of people listening to my podcast right now, and to how I do the podcast right now. So there's a few things there where I'm going, I could spend 20, 50,000 RMB, $10,000 Canadian on a podcast setup. And it doesn't mean that I'm going to be able to find any more time or be able to establish any more contacts with other people who would be willing to come in and, and sit on the podcast. So in that way, yes, I'd like to upgrade because I've been going, I've been doing this for three years. It's kind of, kind of surprising to say that to tell you the truth. I've been talking to other people for three years and recording those conversations. To, to be quite clear, that when I started this podcast, it was the first time I'd ever done that in my life. So I'd never podcast before. I'd never done recorded interviews. I've never really been sort of in a situation where I was, can I say in control of the conversation, but then asking questions and then especially unedited. So having to be aware of what I was saying, I mean, and how I was saying it. So like one of the dreaded things that you can have, and it's happened before where the person goes, what? Like, uh, sorry, what do you mean? Like, as in like, they're genuinely confused by not just the question, but like, wh what language were you just speaking there? That is something I've had to work on especially since I go basically live. I go unedited. It, whatever, what you hear is what you get. So or, or, that's it. So to upgrade everything, would it change anything? Uh, I don't know. And how much would I want to spend? So I was looking at a few things. I was talking to uh, actually my last guest because he's a, a sound professional uh, and, uh, you know, kind of debating, you know, does this have to be done right away? given that I'm going to go to Singapore in a week. So, uh, you know, and then work's going to get busy and I still have another episode to uh, uh, finish going through and stuff like that. These things don't have to be done right away. It's something to take into consideration, but certainly no major pressure to spend the money just yet because it won't change the time or the contacts I have at the current moment. If anything, basically I got to work on my interview technique talking to people, make sure they're feeling comfortable, uh, make sure my place is secured and like a safe space to talk, basically. That, that's what it's got to be. And I was also, also kind of wondering if maybe it's time to sort of rent a studio to shoot this just because, you know, having a bunch of strangers come to my apartment, you know, basically 
might become something I might want to move away from at some point, uh, to tell you the truth. So uh, I was thinking about rearranging the apartment. I was looking at different ways to sort of make more room so I can fit more stuff. Basically, uh, as I if I were to grow the podcast, that's one. If I had an audio editing station, this would be a lot easier than sort of trying to rejig my whole um, setup or trying to modify my setup to fit every single need. This is something I can do going forward, and I've sort of settled on the fact that uh, I might buy a table. This is kind of funny. So I might buy a table that is basically the same size as my TV setup. And as long as it's, I think it's higher than 77 centimeters, I put the table on top of the TV stand. So it should encapsulate the whole thing. So just cover the, the TV stand. And then on top of that, I can do all my stop motion stuff like that, which is uh, what I'm, I'm starting to think I might start looking at a little bit more um, going forward, like a lot of animation or like product shots and stuff like that. Uh, film demonstration space. That's what that desk, like a work a workbench, basically. I need a workbench of some sort because I don't have one right now. So put it there, and then the audio station would go on the desk beside it. So these, how to make the most room out of a studio apartment, and then I guess also the other thing, like if I do that, that adds one more thing in the background. At that point, I might need to buy some blinders or something for the back, like as a backdrop for the podcast. So I don't have that same sort of like need to cover up. Like having that stuff in the background might be interesting, but at the same time I'm going, you know, it would it take away from the conversation, right? I guess that would be my uh, sort of biggest concern, but that's something I can uh, think about going forward. Did get the uh, workouts in at least um, half of them. I went sort of half power today. I'm, I'm not against this at all. It was kind of a, Nice little jog. I think it was a six minute, 30 or seven minute kilometer, 6.5 kilometers total. Um, but it took me about 44 minutes to run that. Did some rope work, uh, high steps. So here, what I did, instead of doing box jumps um, on the bench, what I did is just, I, I picked the highest part of the bench and I took uh, the longest, highest step I could onto that. And what I was trying to do was target the, the very base of my hamstrings, like right near the glute, right, basically right up your bum sort of thing, where it tweaks that uh, that that part of the muscle that you don't get unless it's like a very deep squat. And so that's what I was trying to target uh, with these high step ups and stuff like that. So I did that a few times. I didn't really count to tell you the truth and minutes worth of however many I could do. I uh, did some push-ups with alternating legs up. So two hand push push-ups, but then taking one leg off the ground, um, alternating that, and then pistol squat negatives. Uh, so this is one thing that I have to work on is the uh, ankle dorsification. So how how much your, your ankle can bend, basically. I can't do it very much. I, mean, I, I, I guess there's a level to it, but I can't do it, basically. And so the idea is to do pistol squat negatives where you go down into the pistol squat and then help yourself uh, get up and stuff like that. And I can tell you, it is a lot easier to go down than it is to get up. So my muscles aren't there just yet. Now, whether that's hamstring, if it's just, it's not just ankle dorsification, uh, it's hamstring, it's quad strength, it's a lot of those things. Uh, and it's probably momentum as well. 
tell you the truth. So not something I have just yet at this moment. Then inside after that, uh, so I, that, that was the first part, and I did this around 3 o'clock or so. Then I came in, took a 15, 20-minute break, and then I did some uh, mace bell swings and club uh, bell swings as well uh, just to even it all out and make sure I got some weight lifting in there too just so I could feel as if I actually lifted something today. Newsletter is out, got sent out this afternoon. Uh, it's all about uh, finally having some time off and me talking about how it's been busy for the last nine months and that this week is like the first week I've had off in a very long time. It's, a, it's a, I've actually been very tempted to stay off the socials entirely and just not do anything, like not check WeChat, not check Twitter, and anything. And uh, I think I've done an okay job of that because like this morning when I was cleaning the apartment and thinking about rearranging and stuff like that, it's going, yeah, the, as much as it'd be nice to just go into my old schedule of, uh, you know, working out at 1130 or something like that, suffice it to say, got some other things I got to get done with cleaning and not being on social media all the time, uh, I think is uh, very helpful. Not only that, I'm going to go to Singapore next week, so I won't have a chance to be on social media all the time, which is also great. Uh, give my time, give my brain a chance to sort of refresh a little bit. All right, folks, I'm going to leave it there. Thanks very much for listening. I appreciate it. Show notes and tracks are up on my website, stevenstrasky.com. I'm going to uh, create a new archive page for the September 2023 audio blogs and then create a new page for uh, the October ones that are uh, underway as we speak. Thanks again, folks. We'll talk again. Have a good one. Bye-bye.